This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Swansea has more McDonald's and clean sheets this season, so don't forget your Muck Nuggets are closer than you think with Muck Delivery. The only thing left to say is, you in? Order now in the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app are participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for further details. Welcome back to another Swanscast podcast and Lee is finally back uh, after a couple of weeks away from the podcast, um, gallivanting across Europe, a couple of trips you've been on. Yeah, good, uh, good to be back, oh, to be honest, it is nice going away, but uh, it's taken it out of me, I'm, I'm too old for it now. I went to, yes. uh, did the World Cup in Nice, and well, you know we went to, uh, we yeah. went to Nice, that, that, that took it out of me for about two weeks because that was a heavy weekend. <laughs> Yeah, so we've both been away, um, had some time away where we watched some Rugby World Cup games. So you saw Wales against Portugal, yeah? Yeah. Um, I, I saw Wales-Australia, so I think I'm going to get the the one for the memories a little bit more there because that was a pretty nice game. Not that it came to anything, obviously Wales losing in the quarterfinals after so much promise of uh, group stage action. It didn't look like world beaters necessarily, but I thought they'd have enough to beat Argentina and progress to the semi-final, which is something I didn't expect before going into the competition, to be honest. I thought group stages would have been a challenge. Yeah, I think well, I think you picked the right game, didn't you? <laughs> I think you got the you got it right there, that one. Yeah, well, we got the city pack, so we stayed in Lyon for a week. So we yeah. saw also New Zealand against Italy, which with yeah. your Italian connections, I'm sure you loved that game. That was, uh, yeah. Well, you saw plenty of tries in that one. That was a that yeah, was plenty of tries. But I'll, I'll be honest though, being there live, as much as it's like nice to see a lot of tries, nice to see the old backs play, it was good to see the hacker. By half time, you kind of switched off a bit, ready to go yeah. home because it wasn't really a game. You're going out there for the competition, and yeah. it was all better hyped up that Italy was going to actually do something. They've actually it's, it's better in good. the stadium, isn't it? In the rugby, when it's like a tight game, you can imagine what the yeah. atmosphere would have been like for like the island New Zealand game. And I don't know. I don't know if it was the same for you down in Nice when you went to the match, but getting to the stadium was an effort. So when the kickoff oh, at like yeah. nine o'clock, I was ready to go just yeah. to avoid the, the hassle. I think it took us like an hour and a half to get out after yeah, the game. The, the, stadium, the stadium in Nice is not like in the centre. It was a bit like out, so you had to you had to get like a tram out there. And it was literally just like one tram in, one tram out, absolutely packed with fans. Like you said, it, yeah. it was like I guess we were a little bit lucky because our kickoff was like quarter to five, so quarter to six out there in French time. But and then trying to get back into the city after the game was was carnage. But 
no, it was it was all right. It was uh, yeah, it was a good trip. Actually, the New Zealand game was earlier. It wasn't uh, nine o'clock. Um, no, no, no. It was. It was. Sorry. The other game I saw was Uruguay against Namibia. <laughs> that wasn't nine o'clock. So the three games, two of them were nine o'clock. But yeah, it, it, we had the same though. Leon's quite. I mean, it's a big city. I don't know if anyone's ever been there. Um, where we were staying, kind of near the centre, like a f- half hour, forty minute walk, I think, to the centre. Although the centre is quite big, there's different areas. Not the centre's not necessarily where all the shops are, but there's a lot of bars and fan zone was there. A lot of other things, and then the shops a little bit further away. But there's there's a there's a subway system, there's a metro, so it's quite easy to get around. You've got the tap and go like they have in London. Uh, but we had to get from where we were staying in a hostel because it was quite expensive to get hotels. So we thought we'd um, save some money on a hostel. Personally, never again. Um, <laughs> wasn't the? I mean, it was it was an experience, and I've done it, so whatever. But um, I had a lot of bites. I've seen there's a bed bug um, epidemic in France as well, apparently. So that would explain yeah. the bites. But yeah, not the most pleasant experience. But. Um, we had to get a tube into the centre, another tube to where the tram station is, and then a tram to the stadium because it's literally on the outskirts. So say like, say London's got like the M25 that goes around the outside. I don't think there's one that goes all the way around the outside of the city, but along the top there's one that kind of goes around the perimeter of Lyon, and the stadium is essentially on the perimeter up there. So no, a little bit of a distance. I think it was a three-hour walk from no, yeah, from no. where we were. So a no, bit yeah. of an effort. And then the first game on too bad. We managed to get on a tram, got on the wrong tram. This was after the Wales game. I mean, it's fine because you won and smashed Australia. So, you know, the, the songs were, were loud on the trams on the way back. But we ended up in the middle of nowhere because we got on the wrong tram and had to find our own way back to where we were. Luckily, the, the subway was still open, but it was quite late. And then after the New Zealand game, it was like they kind of learned lessons from earlier in the week because they were staggering out to the stadium. As you go up to the Lyon Stadium, they've got two big ramps that come down to where the trams are. And they had police cordons at intervals and lines across the ramps, basically, letting a certain amount of people into the next zone, if you like, each time. And it probably took us about an hour to get out of the stadium and onto the tram. We ended up skipping the trams, getting a bus. And, yeah, that was about a half-hour drive into where we needed to get. So, long story short... Bit of an effort, but I enjoyed it. I don't think uh, I don't think we had it as bad in Nice as to, to you, to be honest, because uh, as like I said, it was only it was one tram in, one tram out. But then coming back, even though it was it was a it was a bit of a trek out, they put on like um, like extra buses because the trams yeah. was full. The trams were full, um, and then they put on all like extra coaches to get people yeah. back into the city centre. So it was like it didn't. It was a bit far out, but it was easy. Like it didn't take us hours to get back home. Well, well, they kind of had both systems, I guess. It was buses and trams, but there was three different trams that went to three different places. So there's three different queues for that. Yeah. And uh, yeah. the trams were constant. Like they'd fill one, and there was another one there. So there was a lot. You know, they, they have a good system, I would say, in terms of public transport. I think, you know, based on what's going on in Wales at the moment with the whole twenty mile an hour thing and. Oh, which is which? Look, if that's something they want to implement, I think one of the arguments is, well, give us another option. Which I don't think there is another option at the moment in Wales, especially. Oh, I did, I've been. Well, I don't. Know, I don't know how we've got onto this, but I've been around. Like, like I said, I've been on a few trips this year around Europe, and the transport's so yeah. much better. Well, like this I is what I was going to say. And just... It was so much easier to get around. Yeah. So they had a tram system as well. The tram in Nice was good, even though like they had a major event on. It was it was busy, but it was fine. 
and then I was in Italy last week, and they're the same. Their trains and 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 well, the, the roads are a bit mental. Just but like a tram's a good intercity, tram. like hop on, hop off kind of transport system. Same as a metro. I'm not saying it's easy to build a metro everywhere or a subway everywhere, but there's nothing. There's the buses don't even work properly down here. They're not reliable. Uh, no, they, I, they they you know they've actually cancelled bus services in Swansea since the 20 mile an hour came in, which is like you're reducing it to make really, people use the cars less, but then you're putting less public transport on. I'm yeah, just saying, and the link is just because obviously that's relatable to Swansea, but you go to these places like France and even Birmingham in the UK, for example, I've got a tram system and we went to West Brom and you can see the, yeah, yeah. the tram line running up there and it's like they've got car parks all the way up the tram line. You can hop, you can park in. They've got a congestion zone charge in Birmingham, but it's easy to get into Birmingham City by another means. And I just think Wales is lacking. And to introduce a policy like that, I understand people saying, "Oh, it's not a big deal. It's just a speed limit drop." Yeah, I get it. But the reason they're doing it is to, you know, environment pollution, stop people using their cards, and to prevent accidents. We'll offer another alternative, and it won't be so bad. Anyway. That was a tangent. Um, yeah, I wanted to say, in terms of linking it to football, this, this talking about France, the stadiums as well. So I don't know what it was like in Nice. What was the capacity? Well, I'm not sure. I want to say about 50, maybe. And I'm going to... 50? 50,000, I think. I don't know if it's that oh. much mine, but it's a pretty big stadium. I think... Um, I'll Google it, actually, in a sec. But what was the sort of what's the word food and drink sort of options and variety like because i just think i've been to plymouth as well and i will talk more about this conversation later but i think we could have a conversation about swansea and swansea city stadium can do so much more with their food and drink offering uh, or that you know their consumable offering at the stadium I, we know you know my thoughts on our stadium i'm not on about cardboard pints now no no <laughs> not that anyway just Everything in general is just crap in that in our stadium. Yeah, like, yeah. Sorry to say, everything is just absolute rubbish from the paper cups to the food. Everything is just absolute rubbish. Um, yeah, forty five thousand apparently in Nice, but uh, OL is fifty nine thousand, so quite big stadiums. Yeah, it? I really I'd... like that Nice stadium. I really nice. It's a bit, it's a bit out of the way, but it's class. They've got like um, you go in and you go up the steps, and it's got like an area around the stadium on like a like another level up. Where they had like outside, they had like loads of bars and restaurants outside, and then you could yeah. go inside as well, where there was bars and and food. So it kind of like dispersed the crowd a bit, but it was good because loads of people were outside because it was it was quite nice when we were in these. Yeah, and like there was good atmosphere, and it was easy to get food and drink. Like <clears throat> literally, just get a pint like straight away if you needed it because there was. I know the World Cup is on, so they're probably prepared, but still, it was it was well run. No, I agree. It was. Um, so you'd even look at a big queue and. It wouldn't take yeah. that long. Um, there was food and drink all the way around the outside. They didn't have restaurants and bars because it was kind of like, it's sort of built in an industrial sort of thing, like where um, not so much Liberty is in a shopping centre, retail park, I guess Liberty is, but similar where there's not really anything around. Um, so they kind of brought the stuff in, but there's a big concrete concourse around the outside of the stadium. So they had all the food yeah. trucks and drink portable bars and all that set up and toilets all around the outside yeah. which i think that's a really good thing like underappreciated thing where they have the outdoor urinals for example that means that people don't have to rush to go into the stadium they can have a couple of drinks outside and it's just 
you didn't even have to queue to go to the toilet, you know, which which I thought was a really, you know, it's a good thing to to bring into this sort of thing if you want to control the environment, make it make it safe and enjoyable, and you know, put stuff there for the fans, not just a fan zone, but all the way around the outside, they had they had stuff going on and yeah, the fan zone options as well. well. That was the same. That was well run. Yeah. The fan zone, like in the centre, away from the stadium as well. They were the same. They had like yeah. the outdoor toilets and the bars and everything were all well run. But yeah, so like options of food as well. It wasn't just all the same stuff. Yeah. And I just think the only complaint I had was um, there was only one drink option. And I guess it's because of the sponsorship. But you could only have the one beer. What was it? Asali? Asali, yeah, I didn't mind it. I, I like an Asali. I wasn't a massive fan. I don't usually drink beer anyway, but I got it. Kind of got used to drinking it and could enjoy it while we were on the trip. But that one wasn't my favourite, I'll be honest. It's better than... Uh... It's better than a Madri in a paper cup, anyway. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, but why, well, like, yeah, but that's another point. I know, I know, I won't go on about all the time. But everywhere you go, they give you those plastic cups, don't they? Like you had in the. They had them at Plymouth as well, and it said like yeah. Home Park on on, on it with yeah, Plymouth badge. Every, everywhere you go seems to have the pla- like the the plastic cups, but they're not like the rubbish plastic, are they? They're like the. the they're reusable. They just stick them in the dishwasher and use them again. Yeah, and then but we still got the rubbish cardboard. Yeah, I guess you'd imagine the one-time investment of the plastic cups should be cheaper than the, the cardboard because as much as they're recyclable and good in that way, you still got to buy more. Whereas the, the plastic ones, they're recyclable in the fact that they're reusable. So why wouldn't you not make that investment and encourage fans to, to use that? If, you're, you know, I th- if you live local, you could take your home and bring it back. And maybe like what they were doing in the World Cup, they'd knock two two euros off your drink if you brought the cup yeah. back yeah they do that they like in a lot of places they're going out like the cricket and stuff you just buy the cup and then you either get your money back or like the beer's cheaper yeah when you go when you take the cup back but yeah yeah i, I, I don't know how we got on to this no, like, i just think it's showing our it's, age look, now we're talking about i guess we both went to the world cup it's nice to talk about it. i know it's not football related but i think it's um you know interesting conversation and yeah, I know, bring I some of it back to relate it to it's a I guess comparison. what we have it's a good comparison because I yeah. think I think the stadium is absolutely crap oh, well, I thought so, it before and now like being to, I went to um, oh, stick into the football well, I went to see Napoli play didn't I when I was in Italy I was a lot different to uh, to watching yeah, him so just to it. clarify when I said Lee was doing the European tour he went to the World Cup in France and he's been to Italy that's why he's not been on the podcast for a month so he had a week off last week it worked because it was international break but he was in Italy so it was part, partly the reason it was international break for me as well going going away <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah it was class so yeah I went to see uh, went to see Napoli and uh, it's so different to watching a game over here my god it's like Rowdy it's think though. yeah it's it's I know, like they got that reputation where it's like, oh, it's really rough, and it's not. It's like there was loads of families there, and you've got either end of the ground where you've got like the ultras, and they create such a good atmosphere. I will say, but it's like it's safe. There's loads of people there with families and kids, and and that and that was different because they they've got like a concourse bit underneath, but then the people come around the stadium, like they come around the seats, and they're like, oh, do you want a drink? Do you want a drink? And you're like, obviously you can drink while you're watching the game out there which you can't do over here so that's different but they would um if people walking around with like the yeah. massive backpacks you know yeah they had that in, in the world cup didn't they where they have yeah. them big like ghostbuster backpacks with the yeah 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 like that and they're coming around just and it's just so easy to get it like to get a drink and but it's we go. <clears throat> the bottom line is right i guess in some way 
the American owners have made improvements with some of the match day offering and commercialization of the stadium and what's around the stadium and some of the stuff that they have brought in. Some of it is better, okay, since they've taken over. It used to be quite basic before and it has been stuff improved and implemented. And you're saying they're trying this, um, the, the machine system where you can order on the screen. Like, maybe it's not set up the best way, but the idea of what it could bring, I guess, should be better if it's done correctly. I just think it's so, and you'd think that the American owners would be more on on the ball with this because they're business people first and foremost. There's just so much more they could do. And I think, I saw it in the Rugby World Cup and that was one thing. But then I saw more at Plymouth as well, who've just come up from League One with a smaller stadium, an older stadium. And just as much as the ground itself, maybe the the Swansea.com I would say is a nicer ground. Um, I feel like it felt a bit better being around there because I could go to that stadium earlier, a bit earlier, and enjoy myself. I just go to the Swansea Stadium for kickoff. You know, there's, yeah, there's not no, a reason to go there right. earlier, and and they could do so much more with the transport, with the food, the transport. Like I know it's not necessarily limited to what what the club can do, but there's that train station in Landau. We're talking about tram systems. Why can't they work something out there, a direct link into town where easy access to the stadium on match days? So much potential for that. And then you've got the entire outside of the stadium. There's a lot of space there. They could do so much more with portable bars and food food places. There's not really anything, is there? Maybe one or two. Uh, there's no bars, I, from what I'm aware. Way, I think we're way behind on, on that. On, um, like... Not a hospitality as such, but all the yeah. food and drink outlets. Where my, I don't know whether they've sort of <coughs> accepted that it's um, it's a lost cause. With there's a lot of competition. You've got you know Nando's. I and, don't think there McDonald's is though. And like KFC across the road, and you've got Harvester and what was Frankie and Ben. Yeah, okay, they've got the competition of those places, but like there's a lot of pubs in the Lando area as well, which people twenty thousand people though, twenty thousand. Yeah, people I know. Think, I think if they I think max got it, it out. Um, the, the local places like Nando's and that are not going to want the football crowd. Let's be honest, they're going to want to no, fill no, up and I... there's only a limit they're going to have. But I just think that they could, I don't know, there's a missed opportunity of financial gain and you think the American owners would be all over that. I wouldn't mind the fact that they're monetizing that side of it if it gives us a better experience. I think that's the bottom line, what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I, 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 think, it's, yeah. I think it's rubbish. Cause... The food that I had in Plymouth, right, it was chips, loaded fries with cheese, barbecue sauce, pulled nice. pork and some sort of uh, mayo and caramelized onions on top eight quid oh, big portion quite filling but like outside the ground banging yeah, what, what do we sell a rusty we burger to, we went to um brighton didn't we and they haven't got much around but then they've got like an outdoor bit which yeah. is full of different like street food things and the yeah. best this is probably a good debate to have but the best place we went for food was hull they had like but that was just I in the stadium and they had a big like street food like selection, and they had some lovely, some lovely grub in there, some yeah. some stuff. Our food's just like absolutely and crap. Our food's not even good. Then you've got to queue for more than half time to actually get something after time. If oh, you don't go like, down ten minutes early, oh well, yeah. But they brought the screens in to fix that problem. It doesn't work. But I feel that obviously they've got a capacity issue, and I guess opening the outside areas would fix that. Like we went to Bristol City on the way end. And yeah, they've got several bars in the away end concourse of Bristol City, but then you can go outside and there's several more bars. You literally yeah, didn't have yeah. to queue. You literally yeah, walked exactly. up and got a drink. Yeah. And it's because they had enough available. 
um, you know, you go to some other grounds. I think it was, I think it's Watford. They don't actually have a, you can't buy alcohol anyway end in Watford because there's not enough space. And I don't think we've got that problem whether we haven't got space. You know, we have got space. Open up the outside. They've got fences in a lot of the areas now. Maybe they need to fence off a little bit more of some parts of it to be able to make it viable all the way around the stadium. But I feel like that's an investment opportunity the club needs to look at to make the match day experience better. They keep sure. banging on about the match day experience and how they've improved it. I still think it's a long way to go. I think I no, I think I think it's got worse, I gotta be honest. Like I like like you know, I go every week and nothing entices me to go to the stadium early. I'm always in like just before kickoff. I'll yeah. go like we go to like the you know, the <clears> local <throat> pubs and stuff and have and I if I can I never eat in the stadium because it's like it's just an awful it's yeah. just awful food, awful experience. That thing with the screen, I'll go back to it now because it's a good idea because then you can do I've learned now you go in and you can do like pre order for half time. So you go in even if I go in just like before kickoff, I go up to the screen, I do pre-order for halftime, pint, whatever. If I if I do have something to eat, pint and whatever, keep my ticket. Then I go downstairs and then theoretically my pint will be ready for me. I used to be, when before they had the screens in, I used to be able to get like two pints at halftime maybe. I'd go down maybe when it's just like injury time and then by the time the referee blows his whistle, I'll go under, get a pint, drink it and then I'll get probably have time to have another one. Now, with the screen, I can only just about get one pint in because you would think that you can see, you'd have the data to be like, right, okay, this many... I need 100 pints for half-time, so I need to get them ready. No, no, it doesn't work like that. You've still got to queue up at the bar and go, I've paid for a pint, and then they go, right, I'll go get a pint. And then the one time I ordered food recently, I think it was the... What was the last home game, was it? um, When were we home last? It seems like it's been ages. It have been a while. I'll uh, I'll get I'll, I'll get a few now. Was it um, Norwich? Norwich. Norwich. That was it. Norwich. Yeah, it was midweek. When I was start. Yeah, I rushed straight in from work. So I was starving. So I ordered like chips for half time. So I thought oh, my food's gonna be ready. My beer's gonna be ready. I'm clever now. I've done the order for half time. I went down, and then they were all just standing there like, oh yeah, we're just waiting for the chips to cook and the food to cook, and everybody was just waiting. So it why is cooked. it not ready? That's, you know you're going to have an influx of people, oh. like regardless of whether they've ordered it or not. You should, I think, I think you should take, make the assumption of having at least some food ready for half-time whistle. But what is the like, point in ordering food and drink for half-time if it's not ready at half-time? Like I said, it just makes you queue twice. You queue up for the screen. And then you queue up to tell them what you've bought, and then they get it. No, it's ridiculous, and obviously, I feel like <sighs> the idea is good, but it's not—it's not executed at all as it should be, and no. that's that's an issue, you know, and that, that needs to get sorted really. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Can't make the away day? Just get yourself comfortable, load up Swollen CV, grab your phone and order a McDelivery. Away days at home never tasted so good. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. Our participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
Um, but anyway, let's actually move on from this debate. I think it's a good debate. This is an international break, so there wasn't actually any Swans matches last week. We have got Plymouth games to talk about. Um, and obviously we've got football coming up this week to talk about as well. Two matches, which we'll go on to a bit later on. Um, but let's kick it off with uh, last week on the pitch. But before we do get into it, I'm going to plug... We have just released the Leicester City preview video, which I'm joined by a fellow podcast on on that as well. Um, so go check that out. Um, I would really appreciate the support, the subscribes. We have had a few this week, so thank you very much for everyone that has been supporting, as always, and following us on Spotify as well. The numbers are doing quite well. Obviously, we've joined Talk Sports, so you know, onwards and upwards. We've got a new uh, fan hub, um, which we've been part of for a while, but a new fan hub sort of, don't know how to put it really we'll be doing some exciting things with fan hub going forward in the next couple of weeks so keep an eye out for those i know people do the predictions and stuff but maybe some more um unique stuff to us will be coming with that so check that out i'm quite excited about what that could bring um but yeah so if i could ask everyone a favor that's watching this video click that thumbs up underneath lee because that really helps us grow and shows us to more people. And there will also be another preview video at the end of this week. I'll probably release it after the Leicester game, just you know, to move on from that one. And Watford, it's already been recorded. I think it's quite... For me, I enjoyed it. The lads from the Watford uh, podcast we had on are a bit of a laugh. There's three of them. They are a proper laugh, to be fair to them. And uh, I enjoyed that video, so check that out as well when that is released later this week. But let's go on to last week on the pitch, which is really last week, but the week before on the pitch. Um, and Swansea played Plymouth away. So as I said, I went down. Lee was in Italy, so he didn't join us. Uh, but myself and John went went down. I was, uh, I was watching in the airport, funny enough. Yeah? yeah on the I way out? So yeah, on, on the way, way out. out. So I was in the airport watching it on my phone. Um, yeah, I saw a couple of messages I didn't reply to because obviously I was there. But... Um, yeah, good game, I thought. I really enjoyed it, thoroughly enjoyed the experience. As I said, I've already talked about the ground, so I'm not going to focus on that, really. Um, decent little stadium, actually. Yeah. And, yeah, I think the fans were quite good as well in terms of, like, the atmosphere they brought. It was quite full. I don't know if it was a sellout, but they they obviously just come up from League One, so it's, it's a big deal for them right now. But, yeah, they, they, they're doing well. I guess it's one of the biggest clubs down that way. Themselves, we got we also got down there Exeter, which are yeah, obviously Exeter's lower, like probably the biggest club in the area now in terms yeah. of league position. Um, and obviously Morgan Whitaker and Luke Cundall as former Swans players playing for for Plymouth in that game. Uh, the Swansea curse did return, but maybe not in the way that most people predicted. I didn't realise it was such a big debate going into the game Whitaker versus Liam Cullen, but that seemed to be. A massive deal on Twitter afterwards. Oh, People did. saying that we made the right decision, but I didn't realise it was like such a big deal that it was one or the other. I guess it's because Whitaker went on loan and Cullen didn't. Yeah, I think I think I think that became the decision in the end, didn't it? Because I remember when they both went on loan to Lincoln, wasn't it? At one point as well, yeah. they both went on loan to the same team, which was which was funny. So I do think that they were competing for the same spot, and uh, obviously it looks like Cullen. Uh, we, you know, we were eager to keep Cullen over Whitaker, so it was probably just a little fan-built-up rivalry there. But uh, I don't know, Cullen seemed like he was up for it, though. Seemed like he was really up for that game. Yeah, I Very did well. say I thought he had a bit of a... <clears throat> didn't do the most in the first half, but he definitely made up for it. Um, 
But he's out of position, I guess, playing on the right wing as well. It's not his position. And he works hard. He never stops working hard. Um, anyway, going into the game, Luke Kendall opened the score in. Now, I thought Swansea actually played okay in the first half. And before Plymouth scored, I thought it was quite an even match. I would say Plymouth were the better team for the first half on the balance of it. Probably just did deserve to be 1-0 up. However, I just want to make this point because it frustrated me a little bit being in, in the away end. The fans were back in the team quite vocally at 0-0. Yeah? We were quite happy with what we were seeing. As soon as it goes 1-0, you'd think you watched, you've watched a completely different game up to this point because the the attitude of, of much of the vocal fans shifted dramatically I understand nobody wants to go behind. Like, I get that. It's not nice. You don't want to go behind. You're away from home. But it's early days. When did he score? In, like, the 30-something minutes, was it? Or 20? Let's have a look. So he, he scored... Oh, 18th. So quite early. Early in the game. 18th minute, yeah? He scores the goal. Plenty of time to come back. But, like, the language of coming out at the players was absolutely ridiculous. Away from home, going 1-0 down. I, I personally think. And I don't think we necessarily had the best first half but I also don't think it was awful I yeah. don't know if you saw much of it but of what your opinions are, are of us in the first half but yeah I, I yeah I agree with you what I, what I saw a bit I was trying to watch that and the Wales Georgia game as well I was trying to watch a bit of everything <laughs> in the airport but uh it was um yeah I think I think yeah the first half was fairly even I thought yeah Plymouth probably just edged it as you'd expect when you go away and you know we're talking about a Plymouth side to put like six past Norwich their home so form is very good yeah they're a good side at home this was the game where I actually thought that no our good run was probably going to come to an end I thought we'd had a like a really good like you know we'd had a really good sort of couple of weeks and we couple of games where we were really riding that high and I thought Plymouth away is a bit of a banana skin they're playing really well and I thought you know a point there would be brilliant so when we went one nil down I thought you know as you know, as as expected, it was going to be a hard game. So I'm surprised that you said there was, um, you know, unrest. I guess we there's a down. couple of vocal fans, but yeah, I think it happens. It happens today when you go one 0 down. It's like yeah. oh, everything's rubbish. We're rubbish. You're rubbish. You, you then someone misplaces a pass, and it's like oh my yeah, god, yeah, the worst yeah. player ever. We're one 0 down. But it's the comments it was like people yeah. saying, "Oh, they're lazy. They're not working hard. If they don't want it enough, you're not, you're not, you're fighting for it. You don't want this." And it's like, no, that's not clearly not the case. Um, the other teams just scored. They've got a bit of momentum. And maybe they are getting a bit quicker to some of the balls at the moment. We can't say they're not trying. They're clearly trying. They were, takes, I think it was... It takes an even better performance to then turn that around, though, when you're 1-0 away, yeah. down well, away from home. That's what I was going to go on to next. But also want to say, um, in regards to Luke Candle's goal, it was a very good finish. But element of luck, I will say, Right, in terms of how the ball fell to him. But I for me it's a goalkeeping mistake. Oh yeah, hundred percent, yeah. I agree. And, I agree with and that. I'm not sure that has been look, Carl Rushwood had a really good game. He made some really good saves in the game as well. But I don't know how uh, if he it's been highlighted that much that ultimately it was his fault for that goal. I believe there was a defender behind him that was gonna clear the ball, which is fine if Rushworth wants to go down to make the save, but he doesn't really make the save. He just kind of punches it away very, very poorly into yeah. the dangerous area. And it does kind of ricochet, luckily, into Kandler's path. But it's because of the poor um, shot stop that that was, yeah. really. And shot stopping's been one of his strengths. But yeah, I, I think, think yeah, it's fair to say that... 
he's been yeah, amazing. It was a mistake. Shot, um, you know, shot stopping. I think he's made some unbelievable saves, like when we beat Millwall away, and you know, he's kept, you know, he's probably kept one one us games really. But um, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm fully on board with you on that one. He's yeah. probably like goalkeeping one on one. You don't just do not punch the ball into that area, into the middle of the box, to back in towards the middle of the box. Like you're asking for trouble. It is lucky that it falls to him, but you're asking for it when you punch it into that area. He's always going to be more often if it to someone running onto the ball than who's have to change direction to yeah, go back exactly. and make a block. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he's young and he's going to make their mistakes. Yeah. We're all aware of that. We had we'll a give him that one for all the big saves he made, yeah. to be fair. Yeah, and, and, and he made several big saves after this. Yeah. So he picked himself straight up from it and had a big contribution into getting a win afterwards. And ultimately, I would still say a really good game overall. But I think it is fair to point that out that Again, link into the comments, I think a lot of the fans were saying about the team not wanting it. It was a goalkeeper error for me that allowed us to go 1-0 down. Um, but yeah, we went in half-time and I don't know what he said at half-time. I don't even think he necessarily changed too much, but it was a very complete performance in the second half. Now, I think Plymouth had a chance right at the start and he did have one or two opportunities during. You'd expect them to. They are the home team. They're quite good attacking team, especially at home. And, you know, Morgan Whitaker got a hat-trick against uh, Norwich the other day, didn't he? As you mentioned, where they scored six goals. But we largely kept him quiet. And, you know what, he had so much grief at the start of the game. I was like, oh, it's written in the stars. He's going he's gonna to score. Because they were absolutely pelting him. Absolutely pelting him, the fans. Like, he only left because he wasn't good enough, basically, is what they were singing. He left because he wasn't good enough. Um, but, you know, when that comes off and he doesn't score, you feel good about about it, I guess, and I think it was one of his worst games and his, his stats and yeah, I think um, score I think on sofa score the, back that like up before the game. I was more focused on Whitaker, thinking oh Whitaker's definitely going to score. I kind of forgot about Kundal, and then I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about him as well. And he, he Kundal had a good game to be fair. To I liked Kundal when he was here. To be fair, I, I think we underutilized him based on what he's showing this season, but maybe yeah, that's the development that he had last year is allowing him to do that. You know, I think he scored yeah, four goals for but, Plymouth. Uh, yeah, I'm happy that, uh, you know, Whitaker, and we'll see now when they come down here, yeah, when they come down to us. Yeah, so uh, there was one, um, I think one of their wing backs that was causing us all sorts of problems that got taken off, and that was good for us. I don't know if it was Mumba. Um, oh, I think it was Mumba up against Josh Key in the first half. It was causing us a bit of issues. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah. But um, Josh Key came out with a different player in the second half. Anyway, let's talk about some of the positives from Swansea. So the first goal, now... Jamie Patterson had a massive hand in two of the goals. So the first one was an assist for him. And now it looks like, you know, when we're kind of in and around the box and not really doing anything, he's he's doing a step over stopping, step over stopping, don't know where to pass. And then he just chips a ball into the back post. Yeah. Very good, you know, very good ball. But that's not, sorry, it wasn't an assist for him. It was a, someone else hit the ball afterwards. He but makes it though, doesn't he? He makes the goal. To be fair, though, Liam Cullen still has to do a lot of work heading that back across the goal. Now, we thought in the stand, as Liam Cullen has scored, and I didn't know how he got in from that angle, but obviously Jerry Yates actually gets the yeah. tap in in the end, which nearly missed, but he got it. Um, yeah, that fair play to Liam Cullen. Back post header straight across, and Jerry Yates had an easy uh, easy tap in for 1-1. Um, but Patterson, I think he's kind of been a little bit reborn in recent weeks. I think, yeah, I was going to say, I think we needed to talk about Patterson, really, because I think since the, I guess since the window shut, 
would you say? Or well, definitely since we started sort of picking up wins, he's um he's been like a new player since he's the been... formation change. I would say. Yeah, that's fair. I think he's been he's been like he was when he first came here. He's been outstanding. He's created that. I know we'll come on the ball he plays for the last goal. Yeah, and he's and in every game he literally looks like you've got to carry him off because he looks like he's wrecked. I know. Um, so yeah, he does. Him, he's been a revelation since uh, since the change formation. Yeah, he had a uh, one-on-one. It was a through ball or something, and he was running onto it as a who's like over the top from some sort of set play that Plymouth had an hour end that we cleared, and yeah. he was running onto it against the goalkeeper, and maybe half backed out last minute, and the, he had a lot of stick from from the away end saying, "Ah, oh, you're half assed." I think it was maybe either one all or two one at this point. Two one, I think it was, because that would have finished the game off. Um, but you could tell he was knackered at that point, and. I, I actually never want to see anyone backing up of a challenge like that. I think when, and he's come out and spoke about this week now, the injury issues he had that kind of resulted in his poor season last year. Maybe if that's in the back of his mind, maybe you can understand it a little bit. Um, because he was talking in the in the media saying how all these little nigg- niggly injuries, he was never 100% fit last year and it really did affect his performances and he just couldn't get a run in the team, couldn't get any confidence and couldn't get going. I don't know if you've seen the interview. I haven't seen it yet. No, I haven't seen it. I haven't picked up on much since uh, since I come back, to be honest. But um, yeah, he said that that's largely what happened last year. He said the commentary links that came in January were a load of rubbish, and I was never on the cards. Yeah, and, and he was talking said, about we yeah. Said, we said at the yeah. time, I mean, you never know what's going on behind the scenes. I mean, from the outside, it was easy to look like you know, oh, he didn't want yeah. to play and didn't want to be there, and that was seemed obvious at the time. But you never know, do you? And it's just mad to think that even this year. In the window, we were fully expecting him to go. Well, he did um, say apparently he wasn't in the plans in the summer. Ah, he did say that in the interview as well. And I guess the chain and Chan was still here at that time. And he was clearly Duff's preferred choice in yeah. what was the old uh, behind the, the two strikers system that he was playing. Or a part of a midfield three, I guess, a little bit more advanced. But Cham went. Patterson started that first game. But ultimately, I think, has now come into his own and shown he's got a position in a team based on the formation change, for more more so than, yeah, than not. Class. Because he was getting operated in one of a midfield three and that quite wasn't quite his position. But I can understand why maybe he was going to get moved on based on that. But I don't think he's going to now. Although his contract's up at the end of this season. <laughs> That's probably why he's playing well again. <laughs> yeah, maybe. He says he wants to stay, but I guess we'll see what happens. He's get, well, you know, his whatever, whatever works, on his side. Whatever works for him, he's, it's, it's great because he's been class in the last yeah, couple he, of weeks. He's been amazing. I feel like he'll be 32 going that into ball, next season. Again, so. That ball he plays for the third goal for key years is absolutely yeah, ridiculous so, ball. Kevin De Bruyne pass size. Let's talk about that because there's a couple of things from that goal. Liam Walsh has come back yeah. and made his first appearance of the season. He plays the ball across to Patterson. A good little bit of vision um, from him, considering his lack of game time as well, I just want to credit that because he can definitely offer something going forward now, and I think he showed that. Hasn't been rushed back. He's been on the bench for a couple of games, made a diff, not a difference, but he made an impact here uh, playing that ball. But the ball's running along Patterson, and I think he just has a one glance to his right. Yeah. All, all he will see if you do a freeze frame when he glances up is a defender with a Swansea player running the other side of the defender. Now, ultimately, if you place that ball in a straight line, it gets intercepted. But with his weaker left foot, manages to whip a low pass or cross 
from literally the left-hand side of the pitch to the right-hand side of the box is such an exquisite ball in there, like with like the yeah. curl on it. It's the curl is so vital because that's what gets it around the defender. Because yeah. ultimately, Josh Josh Key was the one that's running in. It's further back than the defence to stay on side, and and the ball's got to get around the defender and fall into the path of Josh Key, and it does. Josh Key, it's the first time, and I guess you could say written in the stars. Yeah, that an ex a former Exeter player scoring against um, Plymouth, but yeah, absolutely yeah. Inch perfect. I think um, on that goal as well, um, similar to the second one. Well, not similar to the second one for different reasons, but I think like Josh Key deserved that goal just for all of his performances, even when we were, um, you know, even when we were rock bottom and everyone thought we were rubbish and Duff was on the verge of getting sacked and all this. I thought Key was still a standout player this season. I think he's been. I just think he's been outstanding, and I think we'll come. We might come on to it probably in another podcast further down the line. But I think, I think he's going to single-handedly send Ashby back from his loan because I don't think he's getting anywhere near that team with Key there. He came on Ashby did in this game, but at right yeah. winger. Yeah, I, I, I he's going to go back in January because there's no way Newcastle. He came with so much hype. I know. I don't know. I do, again, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes if he's not 100 fit or whatever. But I think what we saw of him at the start of the season and what we've seen from Key. And we we said it on the podcast, like they were playing Key at left back and we were saying like we just love for him to have a chance. Yeah. At right back. They were back. accommodating Ashby because he had the all the hype, but ultimately Key was putting in the performances. And And now look at look, him playing in his preferred position, he's just like I don't yeah, I don't mind saying it, but ultimately Key is our player and Ashby is not. So if one of them you know, if Key's playing better, I'd rather him get all the development time on the pitch. And yeah. if it I means Ashby's gotta go back and Maybe we're short in that position again. Although Bashir Humphreys can slot in there, so maybe it's not end of the world. We've seen Darlin do a job there last season if it's needed. So yeah, it wouldn't bother me one bit. I think if if Key can continue in the team, he's he's got a big career ahead of him. And we were told that maybe he was a bit raw coming into the season, and playing week in week out at a higher level was only going to make him a better player. And Early days, and it already is having that impact. So, no, he's brilliant. He's been brilliant so far. He'd be one. Uh, we we talk about who's going to be the next player to be sold. It's in, yeah. Early yeah. days, but yeah, no. Well, well, you can only comment on what you've seen so far, and it's headed in that direction, isn't it? Like it, things can always change, but I mean, what we've seen so far, I'm like, I'm so impressed with him. Like even when he was playing out of position, he was clearly like one of the better, one of the better signings that we've made, and. Yeah. Um, yeah, and just going back to like you were saying about even with the Ashby thing, like I, I actually forgot that they brought him on in this game. But in previous games, they weren't even bringing him on, like when a left back was injured, they were bringing them um, team on on, weren't they? Or Tim on, however you say his name. And uh, yeah. even Josh, you'd think they'd revert back and maybe put Key on the left and Ashby on the right. But Key went off injured, that. didn't he? And and yeah, and he didn't come on then. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so you're thinking like. It's a bit of an odd one, so it doesn't look like he's in the plans at the moment. But uh, yeah, well, I mean, he had a couple of tough games, didn't he? And I think maybe Duff has. It's like the complete reverse of last year. We've got yeah. a right. We've got like two right backs now, and one of them's too good for the other one to play. Last year we didn't have one. Yeah, no, it, it definitely. Um, okay, the other goal then, which was the second goal, was scored by Ollie Cooper. Mac Rhymes getting an assist. Now, two things from this. We'll talk about Ollie Cooper in a second. Mac Rhymes. Um, we spoke recently about Duff not getting the best out of Mac Rhymes. Maybe his 
part of the issue why Swansea had a slow start of the season, didn't look good, you know, really had, we, we were poor when we, 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 we all know about it, a lot of negativity and all that, but Mac Rems was not having a good time. I think he's been very good in the last few games and ultimately the results have come. So direct correlation. I said maybe he wasn't so on board with what Duff was trying to do and stuck in the, the way that Russell Martin wanted him to play, more protecting the ball, recycling it, which he still does. But now I feel like he's also added breaking through the lines and even if it's yeah. with a run, with a run or with a pass to his game and that directness and you know, he he can play it, he can be quite clinical with it, is adding a new dimension to him, our midfield, and ultimately helping us uh, get on the front foot. And I think the ball he plays to Ollie Cooper, as much as it's not a world world beater of a pass, Ollie Cooper is in a bit of space, not too far away from the centre circle when he picks the ball up. And yeah, he can turn and run into the space that he ultimately runs into to score the goal. But last year under Russell Martin, I don't think Mac Rimes would play that pass because it's not really going anywhere. You wouldn't you wouldn't play the pass thinking, right, Cooper, have a turn and run because that's not what you would do under Russell Martin. So maybe you've seen a the difference there. You know, it wasn't it wasn't the easiest pass to play, and I think he deserves a bit of credit for looking. He's different. I think he's getting. Yeah. They think the idea is is that they get it forward a bit more quicker. Uh, in this in this style, I think we're starting to see it a bit more that they not they're not direct. I wouldn't say you know we're not necessarily playing direct football. I just mean versus look, Russell Martin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, just comparison the styles. Yeah, I think it's just different. We look to get the ball forward a little bit quicker, and you see it in that one where he plays that sharp ball forward, and then even in I think it was the Millwall game, wasn't it, where Grimes scored? It seems like that was ages ago, and I was already he was like more forward than. Yeah. Than he ever, than he ever seemed to be before. So, um, well, yeah, I think you're starting to see like <clears throat> the differences now. Especially they started to pick up wind. You're starting to see like little subtle differences of what Duff's trying to do. So, yeah. No. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I got a, st- a kind of a stat that backs that up as well. But um, in the first half when we won nil down, Mac Rhymes was from goal kicks running through from the midfield, breaking the defensive line to give an option for a goal kick. You would never see him doing that before. No, he would be well, in exactly. between the defence, picking but the I, ball up. So, but that's what you want from, I guess, any new manager that comes in. There's always going to be, you want to see the differences. You, know, you want to see um, how they're implementing their own style. And I remember, like, I remember saying we did a podcast. I think after the transfer window, and everyone at the time, everyone was slating Duff and saying, oh, you know, whatever, and we were rubbish. And I just thought, like, you've got to give him a bit of time with the new players. And everyone seemed to think that he was going to stick with the the two up front with the, with the five at the back. And I was thinking, I wonder if he is going to be one of those coaches where, like Steve Cooper in a way, not the same style of football, but in a way where he just like found a style to fit the players that he's got rather than sticking with his formation. Yeah. And it seems like that's what he's done. I know it's early doors, but it seems like he had all these new players in. He was trying to fit them in the system that he likes to play. Obviously didn't work. And now he seems to have found the formula. You know, like we've seen like, Grimes coming into his own Patterson in particular, low has been amazing since he's sort of changed it. And I, yeah, I just think like I'm going to give him, I'm going to give him all the credit because I think he's just, I think he's changed the system to fit the players he's got, like a good manager does. Yeah, and to back up, I think a lot of people were saying, "Are oh, we too direct, going long ball?" Oh, he wants to focus on set pieces. Swansea way is dead. I know a lot of people don't think this anymore, but the stat stats that we we see and 
NT stats on Twitter, tweaked a lot of things and tag us in it. But um, the slowest attack inside in the 92 and Europe's top five leagues this season by direct speed. Now, it doesn't say what the measurement of the direct speed is, but the top seven is Notts County, Man City, Wigan, Burnley, Monza, Arsenal, Swansea. So maybe you could read this thing and that's a bad thing list to be on, but it's actually not, depending on how you want to play. You've got Man City, you've got Arsenal on yeah. on the list. You know They want a bit of patient build-up play, work the space, try and find an opportunity. You would expect a Russell Martin Southampton team wants to be on this list. People saying the Swansea way is dead and Duff isn't going down that route. That is evidence, and the number we are is 1.51, that that is not the case. We can score on a transition and a bit of a counter-attack, as we did with the Josh Key goal. But ultimately, we are still trying to work a goal, you know, using a little bit of patience and I think a little bit faster in terms of breaking the teams down. But it still can take a lot of passes, you know, long team goals. I think there has been a few of those where there's been like 30-odd pass sequences before we've scored recently. Yeah. And and this is what that stat, that stat is saying, basically. You know, we might, yeah, you're like not going to rush in. The balance. We, yeah. we, that's what we hoped for. We at the start of the season when Duff came in, we hoped that, and when we did we did a video, didn't we? I mean, we, we was sort of all saying the same thing, that we hoped that, yeah, we, we like, you know, we all like the possession football. That's great, but... It's got it's got to be different because you know it's got to yeah. be at times you've got to be direct and you've got to score goals at times you've got to be able to mix it up and that's that's what that's what he, we're still playing the football I think like the the framework the basic is this is how we're going to play we're going to play with the you know we're going to play with the possession football as you've shown there with our stat that's our base but if there's opportunities to get the ball forward and be more direct and we can score more goals then that's what we're going to do. Yeah, sometimes it's called passing for the sake of it. But ultimately, yeah, exactly, the last four yeah. games for Swansea uh, read as 11 goals scored and two conceded. If you want to include the QPR game, then you say 12 goals and three conceded. So they're scoring goals uh, quite regularly at the moment. I know things can change. Um, but I'll, yeah, it's, something's working definitely. And you know, we've got a hard game coming up next, which we will move on to in a sec. Um, I just wanted a, one more thing I didn't say about Oli Cooper we've said this season he's struggled a bit which we were surprised at but maybe the maybe the tide's turning a bit there I think he had quite a good game he made an instant impact when he came on here he scored with basically a second touch of the ball or a second uh, sort of moment with having the ball because he had two runs basically is what he had and it was a good goal from outside the box as well he took an opportunity he, he, he had the chance and he he took it, and I think that's going to do him world of good for his confidence. He's yeah. Sorry, yeah. No, I was only going to no, say that I think like I won't sugarcoat it. I thought he'd been awful this season. I, yeah, I, that might might be might be a bit harsh, but I thought he'd been absolutely terrible. I mean, what I've seen, I think even in the up to the Norwich game, every time he played, he just seemed to lose the ball all the time. I'd never seen him lose so much ball, and he was just wasn't adding anything to the squad. Now he didn't get into I mean, the Wales squad. Rob Page clearly thinks the same as you because he can't get into the Wales squad anymore. Yeah, but like maybe, yeah, but maybe that was the, you know, that was the kick that he needed. He wasn't in the Wales squad, and he came out with a point to prove against Plymouth, and he scored oh, that goal was lovely. Or even, yeah. even Duff maybe, or someone has said like, look, it's not good enough, and he's come out with a point to prove, and he's and he's done it. So hopefully, yeah, like yeah. you said, hopefully that does him that does his confidence a world of good now, and we'll see. Um, we'll see the Cooper from last year. 
Well, he's not starting games. You've got Liam Cullen playing on the wing ahead of him where you'd think it would be more natural for Ollie Cooper to be there. So you've got a point to prove to get himself back into the starting lineup, and that's the yep. way to do it, to be fair to him. Yep. Starting lineup for Swansea and back in the Wales squad. Two two goals for him to kind of achieve. You know, he, he had his breakthrough season for us really last year. And I think it's you know, it is hard sometimes for young players to maintain what what they provide for a long time. So if he's had a bit of a drop off, I guess fair enough. Let's see if he can get back up, and I'm sure he will. Because what we saw last season, I have no doubt that he's still kind of. Oh, he's still a great, forward. still a good player. He's just had, yeah. But I think like it was the back end of last season, he wasn't really getting into the team, was he either? And he was quiet. No. And then I think like what we've seen him in this year has not been great until until that Plymouth game. So hopefully, um, yeah, hopefully. I'm wondering if the the fact he didn't get called up to the World Cup and it was all that drama, and then he kind of did, but wasn't really part of the squad. Yeah, I don't affected think that him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because he did play really well. We all thought he deserved to go, and then he didn't really. He went, but he didn't go. I wonder if that affected him. Yeah, Um, maybe. Yeah. Speaking of Wales, obviously a massive result beating Croatia this week. Yeah. Puts them. Wait a minute. They got they got a chance now of qualifying for the World Cup, and I had written them all, but off. I'm not gonna lie. I had written them off under Rob Page. There's still work to do, though, isn't there? Yeah, but it's in their own hands, isn't it? Now, technically. Yeah, they've got to win both games, haven't they? Um, we also saw Liam Cullum pick up his first Wales cap against... Was it Andorra? No, uh, Gibraltar, wasn't it? Gibraltar, sorry. Yeah. My, my mistake. I got a bit bored watching the game and the second half. Yeah, was it was awful. a bit of an odd friendly, I wasn't it, Gibraltar. Well, but, um, I just don't understand the point of it. What's the point? It's it's valuable for a team like Gibraltar. I understand that. I think it was, I think it was more valuable that it was played in Wrexham. I think that was the... I think that was the the main reason for it I, I think to get a game yeah in North Wales which is fair I'm all, I'm all for that I does it have to be Gibraltar top. though not trying to like look I just think they even for Gibraltar this team's probably more akin to their level that would probably give you know they were just defending for 90 minutes was they were defending training exercise for them and for Wales training in terms of the opposite to try and break that down so yeah I understand it when you're in like the same group in the sort of you in the qualifiers or whatever as teams like that, but organising friendlies, at least you should go away to that sort of team, I think. Yeah, I maybe. don't know. I just yeah, maybe. But um, seemed... I think I read a stat when I was when because uh, I was I was away when the game was on, but um, I think that Gibraltar didn't have a shot in the game. I just feel like it's a waste of a slot. You know, international breaks can be a distraction at the best of times and. You're lining up. I know we ended up winning the game against Croatia, but if you're using that as the warm up for a massive game, that was the game against Croatia. I don't think Gibraltar's the team you want. Yeah, well, yeah, well, it, it, it worked anyway because they won both games. I think they got yeah, to plug the gap because I think they? everybody, yeah, I think everybody plays two games, don't they, in the window? So some sometimes you play two qualifiers, and I think obviously this time round it worked out that we played. One friendly, one qualifier. So I don't know if next time it'll be we play like one on the Thursday and one on the. I think we play Turkey at home on the Tuesday. So I imagine we might play like Friday night or Saturday Armenia and then Turkey on the Tuesday and two qualifiers. So yeah, well yeah, I we'll see. Okay, well let's move on to this week on the pitch. So as I said, in the, within the next week, there's two home games to look forward to. You can get a lovely cardboard pint at the Swansea.com stadium. Firstly, against Leicester on Saturday the 21st of October. 
at 3 p.m. kickoff, and secondly on Tuesday the 24th, that's 7:45 against Watford. Now, Leicester obviously currently sitting pretty, very pretty, top of the yeah. league, 30 points, 10 wins, one loss, which was against Hull, I think, um, plus 17 goal difference in 11 games. Ipswich are the only ones that are kind of staying with them on 28 points. And then third place is 10 points behind Leicester after 11 games. Now, this is going to be a hard match. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to this. I think it's a great acid test for uh, for where we are. Because um, you couldn't be, you know, we couldn't be coming into this game more on a high. You've got top of the league of uh, Leicester are going to win the league and they probably are definitely going to get promoted. Um, they're basically a Premier League squad, so I think it's a great, it's a great test for us. I'm really looking forward to playing them. I and mean, who, who knows? Who knows? I think we can beat anybody at home when we're playing well. So, you know, but let's not uh, also let's not be like you know, duff out and football's crap if a Premier League team comes down and beats us. You know, because it's just going to be a hard game. I think this is a bonus game where it is I'm a not. Bonus look, game. I don't think we can expect anything from this game. And if we can get even a draw, that is a massive positive. If we can I get a draw so. against Leicester, we're one of two teams in twelve teams that got something against them, and that can only be a good thing going forward for not the rest many of our season. Teams are going to take points off them this year. It's, no, this squad is ridiculous. So it's a massive test. You know, it'd be amazing if we can rise to it and get something out of it. And if we don't, we regroup and we look ahead to Watford, which is a far more reasonable game to expect a win from based on current positions and form. I was surprised to see Watford where they are. They're sitting 20th in the league, five points below us. We worried about a relegation battle a couple of weeks ago. They're only two points ahead of the playoffs now. And they are still in their third year, I want to say, of parachute payments. Now, I found out yesterday, and you'll hear all this if you watch the preview video, which will go out ahead, uh, after the, the Leicester game. But they basically took loans against their parachutes and have already spent all their money. So they basically had to get rid of half their squad in the summer, haven't really brought anyone in. They didn't get a load of loans from, is it Undanese in Italy they are linked with, that they were expecting to have in. So they're in a bit of a dire space at the moment. They're really not loving life. Um, Very, very... I mean, they, they have already decided they've lost this game. Now... I will say, in their version of the pre-match video, which I jumped on for them, they had a fan do like a predictions thing and they made a little um, video to go along with his prediction. Quite funny, but he went up to Monkstown in Ireland, took a picture of Gary Monk with him and predicted the Swans were going to win 4-1. <laughs> I like it, I'll take that. <laughs> I'll take that as well. Obviously, we beat them 4-0 in the last fixture, uh, yeah. which was in, what, January? Yeah, that, December, that came out of December. nowhere, didn't it? That, that one was when we were in a really yeah. poor run and Watford were playing well and then we won 4-0 out of nothing. Yeah, they did double on them last year and the year before we won one each. So we've had a good recent record against them. Um, we've got... Um, still, though, I think like it's a, it's a hard game, Watford. We've got some hard fixtures coming up in this run between the ne- this international break and the next one. We've got it is a hard really game. Hard fixtures. But I think what they were trying to say, I think, is you probably think it's a hard game based on the the recent name Watford. Yeah, they are not that team right now. That's what they yeah. they were kind of getting across. But um, I don't want to write them off, obviously. But no. based on form, that's one we've got to be targeting as a three points. I think. Yeah. Oh yeah, we got to because then we've got Blackburn away and Sunderland home, and then Ipswich away. 
So, yes. Um, Blackburn have kind of fallen off a cliff, though, haven't they? Yeah, we know how well it's difficult. And, and then after that, then we've got like, you know, Hull and Leeds. It's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, there's no easy game, but we just got to, hopefully we can pick up some more points. I think like on the, on the, on the form as a whole, though, I think, looking back at the beginning, I think we, we talked about it, didn't we, um, when we were messaging, when we, we were both away, but you look now back to the start of the season. I think if we hadn't, in hindsight, I think if we hadn't played Cardiff and Bristol early on in the season, um, probably doesn't look as bad as it was like because we've always last couple of seasons we've started slow and then we always play Cardiff like now after this international break now you can imagine if we were playing Cardiff this week after a run of four wins I think it would be very different than when we played them the first time and I'm not like you know I'm not saying like oh the whole season's torn up because we lost the Cardiff Aaron Ramsey's injured for a start well no I just you know it's just like I think that's the perspective that the fans have got. Like, if we, if you know, we didn't play very well against Bristol City and Cardiff, it was like, oh my God, the season's, the season's over and Duff's rubbish and get him out and all this and everything's a disaster. But I think it's just timing. Like, if we, like, we tend to play them in October, which is when we start to pick up form, which has been the same with the last two managers, I think, when we start to pick up form in the October time when we do play Cardiff. So I think like now, if we were playing them when we do normally play them in October, if Saturday was Swans Cardiff, you're very different. Um, yeah. Very different perspective, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. We've got to play right next time. Um, but yeah, big week for Swansea, two home games. I want to say, I want three points. Four or above will be massive. And I'm not downplaying, I'm not like under, what's the word, being pessimistic. I just think Leicester, let's be realistic on that one. But three points would be that's what I think we should get. Anything above, massive bonus and really can push on if that is the case. Currently sitting 12th in the league, 15 points after 11 games, plus four goal difference. We are three points off the playoffs and five points off relegation. So that's how quick things can turn. But we've got... Um... It's five games now between now and the next international break. I think if we can sort of, you know, I'm not expecting us to win all five and well, that'll be nine in a row then, wouldn't it? But, you know, if we can get two or three wins, I think that'll sort of keep us in the in the mix, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, and look, we beat Norwich, who are still seventh and two points ahead of us. And, that, you know, that was a good victory for us. So there's no chance, no reason why we can't push on with some of these games. Yeah, the only thing, I, like I said, the only thing I touched on a little bit when I say we're playing Leicester, I'd, I'd worry that, you know, keeping up this level of form is hard, isn't it? I mean, it's not going to happen all season. We're not going to carry on winning all these games now. Say the same for uh, them. Well, yeah, no, I know that. But I'm, no, I'm just meaning that for us in general, at yeah, some yeah. point we are probably going to have another bad performance somewhere and we're going to lose somewhere. I just hope now it's not just going to be a case of all season of like, we're rubbish, Duff out, it's not working. Oh, we're playing really well, Duff's doing well. Yeah, we're fair play to him. Oh, we're playing rubbish again, Duff out. Like, I think, yeah, and I worry about the Leicester game because realistically, if Leicester turn up and play their, and play an absolute storm of a game, they could beat us 3-0, couldn't they? 4-0 because of yeah. the squad they've got. And I just hope that we manage expectations really. But um, yeah, I think that's asking a lot. I'm sure it'll be a good uh, game on Saturday. So let us know if you're going down to it and maybe what your predictions are for both Leicester and Watford this week. Okay, um, 
Not so much more to go over. A couple of things in the news and rumours. I've already spoken about Jamie Patterson. Not really much more to say there. Set up his contract up in the summer. That'll be an interesting one. There's a few other players as well. I'm not going to go into that today. Liam Cullen getting his first Wales cap. But the other thing I want to mention is Charlie Patino. Apparently, this is just rumours, by the way. Rumours now, not any concrete um, information. But he was under the impression this summer he was going to be sold and not loaned out. And he's not really looking to extend his stay at Arsenal. When he returns to them at the end of this season, he will have 12 months left on his deal. Just wondering if that's something that Swansea can explore based on his start so far. He's been very complimentary of the club. He said when he played against Swansea last season, it was the most difficult game of his career. And now he's here and seems to be thriving under Michael Duff and enjoying his football. So what do you think? Yeah, I mean, bloody hell, if it was on the table, I'd definitely take him. Um, how did he play, do you think, against uh, Plymouth? Was he all right? I yeah, he's he good. A, I didn't think he had a great game against Norwich. I just think him. he came and hit the ground running in the early few games when he was here. And I think now the team's generally playing better. He's not standing out. Yeah, yeah I think you're, yeah. I think he's spot so, on. But I don't think that's a negative on him. No, he's he, working he's well with Macra. Ultimately... If he's a bit quieter and not like the one that we go to say he was class, but you're getting Mac Rhymes on top form alongside him, we've probably got a better deal overall. But I think he's he's doing a good job for the team and the whole team's playing well. So he's not necessarily standing out like one or two others might be, but he's also not doing really anything on the other end either. Yeah, no, I, I, think, I, yeah, I think you're spot on there. I think, uh, but yeah, like going back to what you said, I definitely... Uh definitely take him if it was on the uh, if it was on the cards i think in um in other news as well it's the, i think it's the fans forum tonight isn't it when we're recording i think that's tonight so that'd be interesting to watch and then uh maybe we'll talk um, about that next week talk about that next week to see what they say because uh, that'll be uh, that'll be good yeah that'd be good um yeah I was going to say I was going to say something else about Charlie Patino, but this slipped my mind. Sorry, we got um, in with the fans. I, I don't think it was that important, really. Um, just yeah, now nah, it's gone. It's gone. Um, <laughs> oh, that's what it was. He's not a ninety-minute player, I think. I know people were criticising his substitutions, but it's happening like every week. So I feel yeah, like yeah, no, I don't, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I don't think he is. He does get taken off. Yeah, but he seems to. He does seem to lose a bit of um, second know. half. He kind of. Gets yeah, a bit quieter. Fades out, so it makes yeah. sense. He fades out. He is still a youngster, you know. Don't forget, like, maybe he's just not quite there yet. And that's fine. That's completely fine. It's so we've got squad four. Why are you allowed to use five subs, you know? Yeah. The other thing I wanted to ask, and this is kind of the last thing, really, before we end the video. So yesterday, when I recorded the preview video for Watford with those lads, and I said they were a hell of a laugh, they uh, have a player who the name is a bit tricky to pronounce. So they have resorted to calling him Dave. <laughs> Now, they were asking me about a forward we signed from France that had an interesting name that they couldn't pronounce. So I gave my best rendition of Mikola Kuarevich, and they were impressed. But um, ultimately, <laughs> it seemed like we got onto the conversation a little bit about, do you know what, why doesn't every club have a player that they just call Dave because they got a bit of a tricky name? So wasn't I it, um, think... Wasn't it Zinchenko they called Dave a Man City? Oh, I don't know, but I didn't know that was a thing, but maybe we can make it a thing. But I said, to put a Welsh slant on this thing of calling your players Dave, that we should be calling Mikola Kuarevich Dai from now on. There we go. 
I'm on board. So, so, so that's what we're going to call him. So for anyone listening, and I guess we'll have to reiterate this for people who might not be watching this episode or got this far, but we might be referring to Kuharovic as Dai from now on. So if we say, oh, Dai come off the bench and scored hell of a header. Yeah. Oh, Dai come off the bench and scored a worldie. Um, we're talking about Kuharovic. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I like that idea. So um, I'm on board. maybe we, we can have a fun episode one international break and go through the years about past players that would have been called Dai. <laughs> who, would have, who would have had Dai over the years, yeah. Who would have had Dwight T and Dali? T and Dali would have been Dai, yeah. Well, I think we that? haven't had many, have we, with, uh, with, with hard names to pronounce. Oh, I you think uh, La- 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 Bode, yeah, was definitely a contender to be Dai. Yeah? McCambley? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he would have been Dai, 100%. I'm trying to think uh, more recently in the Premier League. Um, Modu Baru, Baru. Yeah. Dai. Dai up a wing. Dai. Slippery on the ball. <laughs> leave your comments below what players in the past would have been called die for Swansea City so um, yeah <laughs> on that note I think we'll call it a day so it's uh, been good to have you back Lee um, hopefully we have some wins to talk about next week um, and yeah we'll see what comes up the fans forum uh, yeah as, as always then don't forget to subscribe to keep up to date with all of our stuff that'll be put out on youtube and follow if you're listening on any of the podcast platforms leave us a five-star review if you're feeling kind on apple or on um, spotify that you can leave five stars these days and click the like button on youtube as well really appreciate it and let us know in the comments everything we spoke about what you think about what's going on at the moment in swansea city and i guess we shall see you in the next video so thanks for listening as always and goodbye for now see you soon The match has just finished and you're on your way home. What better way to celebrate that 90th minute winner than a McNugget share box and a few tips with your mates? You channel your inner Ronald as you race to beat the muck delivery home, just making it an injury time. Ordering muck delivery is easy on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.